0: it's your locked on flyers podcast for monday august 22nd your daily dose of flyers news analysis and high quality content that is going to do a deep dive into the timeline heading into this upcoming season
1: yeah it's the uh the lead-up i like it you're locked on flyers your daily podcast on the philadelphia flyers part of the locked on podcast network
0: Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with the very generous to be recording while on vacation, Russ Cohen here, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to do the rundown of training camp heading into the rookie game series and the season then we will wrap up with our nemesis of the week as we do on every monday locked on flyers is free and available on apple Podcasts, spotify odyssey wherever you're listening so subscribe you'll get all of our episodes here on the locked on podcast network Uh, Just a quick note, we are recording a little bit early, so we don't know the results of World Juniors. But should anything exciting happen with our prospects in the gold medal game, especially for Team Canada, we will talk about that on Wednesday's show and uh, on Tuesday's show of last week. We talked about the fact that the Flyers did not sign Jack St. Ivany, who was a Flyers prospect, Mm -hmm. uh, just let him go. The Pens signed him to a two-year deal. I know, right? Ron Hextall strikes again. Listen,
1: all Ron Hextall has to do is just watch what the Flyers are doing, see who they leave leave out or trade or don't protect, and, and get those players. Like, it's a sound strategy.
0: It really is, honestly. And, you know, we did mention that St. Ivany was, you know, not somebody that was never going to make it. There's always still a chance. And, you know, the Flyers just figured there wasn't room for him in whatever their plans were. So uh, Ron Hextall scoops him up.
1: Yeah, technically St. Ivany has more talent, actual talent, than Daniel Friedman. It's just that Friedman's got this great and everything that sort of carried him a long way. St. Ivany is actually, you know, better skater with some good puck moving skills and such. So yeah, I think Hextal did, did the right thing here doing it. He's got nothing to lose.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right. So talking about the Flyers preseason and everything that goes into it, we're going to talk about kind of what we would like to see the Flyers do strategically and planning wise as we go through this. So September 15th is the day it all starts, the first day of on ice activity for rookie camp. So that's when the kids show up and then there is a rookie game uh, series, which we're going to get into a little bit more on the 16th and 17th against the Rangers kids. The official opening of training camp for the big boys uh, is on September 21st. Uh, that's where we get the physicals and testing and then they hit the ice on september 22nd so you know it's not that far off
1: yeah rachel i like the fact that um they only have the one off ice day and they make it very clear the media shouldn't show up uh but then it's good it's good that you know things get going right away and i do think this training camp is going to be different because the the runway to it is much shorter than in a regular NHL season. You know, things are starting to get back to normal, but they're still not on the same calendar that they normally would be on. So they are going to have to make quicker decisions this year than in previous years. That's my feeling.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's not that far off from now, and then things go pretty quickly as... The camp progresses and you're right about those quick decisions and so I think you know a lot of what especially the rookies have done in other places is going to play a much bigger factor and what kind of shape that everybody shows up to uh, as they enter camp and have those physicals and testing I think that's going to say a lot to the club and specifically with John Tortorella, right? Like that's going to be a huge expectation from his perspective.
1: Yeah, no doubt. It'll be um, big expectations. I think he probably has an idea of maybe what he wants the top six to be. I think, honestly, we're talking about bottom six, bottom pairing kind of decisions. I don't think it's going to be any more than that. I'd be surprised if all of a sudden somebody breaks into the top six that we didn't think. So I think think John's got a handle on that.
0: Yeah, and then, of course, the preseason kicks off right away after that. On September 24th, there are six games as part of that series, which, you know, after all that being compacted, I still think six preseason games is maybe one or two too many.
1: There's no question it is, but, you know, I will fall on the side of There are teams that have young players that some are going to fight for jobs, but then others, they want to just see a little more before they go back to overseas or go back somewhere else. Like this is just more experience for these young players. I get when people say these games are meaningless or whatever, but it's not meaningless to a guy that wants to play in some sort of NHL action and then gets to go back to, you know, his other league with this extra experience. Like, so I'm not saying fans have to like it, but I think that's just a function of it now.
0: Yeah, I just think that uh, that last game especially is when they tend to rest the main guys. And so that's just what feels like superfluous to me. But I understand what you're saying. That makes a lot of sense. Well, they have
1: that rule too, right? You have to have like at least like four starters in there or something every game. You know, so Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see, like, the Flyers don't technically, since it's a new coach, like, who are they going to deem as the guys that have to be in there each game? Like, I think it'll be a little different than, you know, other teams that are just known quantities.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. So looking specifically at the rookie series, uh, I'm very, very interested in this one for a few reasons. Number one, it's our first chance to see a bunch of the newest draft picks. So that's always important, I think. And then the other reason is that I think it's kind of make it or break it for a couple of guys on the older end of things. And, you know, who has to stand out especially in those games in order to really get a true shot when it be- changes from rookie camp to training camp.
1: Right. So presumably someone like Cates probably doesn't play in it, but Lazinski, I don't know he might. And if he does, that could be something where he has to um, he has to prove it to to kind of, like you said, springboard into regular camp. Uh, I think he could still get away with Urson playing in it. I do, because I don't think he yeah. has, you know. So I think for him, he hasn't played enough of anything. So I think that would be very good for him as an example. Um, and then, like you said, uh, guys from this camp, you know, even someone like Forster, would they put him in there? I don't know. He's kind of like he's missed. I think a lot. so. I think they might. And if he is, then he'll be one of the leaders, right? He'll be one of the top-line guys. So... It'll be interesting.
0: He's definitely a guy they put in there in the same way that Cam York played at development camp.
1: Right. I think so. And then, you know, the talent that you're playing against, like as an example, you know, the Rangers will throw Vitaly Kratsov in there, who has never played for them. And, And so that's a guy who's played in the KHL. That's great to play against a guy with that kind of talent, with pro experience. That helps you get better, you know as an opponent. So I think the Rangers are a good team to match up against. I think by the second game, it'll start getting a little testy, which is good. And it's, it's interesting. If you'd have told me um, when I was growing up in New York, that these two teams would sort of play tournaments against each other uh, in a very civilized way. I don't think I would have believed you. I would think I would have laughed at you, but here we are.
0: Yeah. I think it's a really good chance for, both teams in it. And I know some other teams do more of a mini tournament with three or four teams, but I really like it just having two games back to back. You get to mix things up a little bit. And, you know, I like it in terms of the goaltending as well. I think that Sam Samerson should get the majority of the time in net, but Felix Sandstrom might get thrown in there too, just because honestly, they don't really have anybody else. They do have that other goalie, but he's like 32, and that would be weird to throw him weird, right? into a rookie game. Uh, better to yeah, keep... You can't... Yeah, yeah I don't think so you I throw think him. you can't really do that. But I, I do think that you know guys like Isaac Radcliffe might get yeah, some time in this game. In Wyatt yeah. Wiley might get time in this game, and that'll be a huge springboard into... Camp and might help determine if they're in Group A with the big boys or Group B with the quote-unquote
1: Phantoms, right? It will help that. I'm sure Torts will be there watching them because I think that's like his first chance to really get some sort of almost game evaluation on some of these guys. That's a big deal.
0: It really is. All right, we are going to switch over to talking about the regular season coming up next. But first, an important message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration.
1: You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone.
0: So looking forward to the regular season, which tips off on October 13th, it feels like forever from now, but it really isn't that far, Uh, less than two months to go until the season starts. And I think for me, the thing that stands out is having a big test right away with that Florida back-to-back road trip games for games three and four.
1: Yeah, that's a big deal, and that is a big test, I think, especially for Torts. Look, every time he goes into Florida, he wants to win. There's no question about it, especially in Tampa. So I think he is going to have these guys on, like, high alert, playing extra gritty. And, look, I think the one thing the Flyers will do is they'll push the envelope in the preseason as far as starting fights and and playing physical to try and almost like overdo the message that we're going to be hard to play against. So that's what I'm fully expecting.
0: It's not a bad theory, uh, especially with some of the guys that they have on the squad with uh, McEwen and Delorier. Um, I just feel like they're going to want to get that going right away. But I do think you're right that once they go to Sunrise and to Tampa, they're going to want to play a more disciplined button down style of play. Uh, for those two games, especially, uh, is there anything else that stands out to you early in the season?
1: Uh, you know, actually, really, the home opener versus the Devils will be interesting because, well, for one thing, the home openers are usually way earlier than this, right? So it still feels a little late to me. Uh, but there's expectations for the Devils. You know, Jack Hughes will be back. Uh, they, the feeling is, with better goaltending, they at least have a hope of being in the uh, playoff hunt. But, like, what if the Flyers beat them opening night? Like, that would really put a hurting on the psyche of what the Devils might think that they are. Now, if the Devils come out and, and beat the Flyers handily, then that game might mean a lot more to them. Like, hey, we're now feeling pretty good about ourselves. We're on the right track. We see that things are coming together. Our young players here, plus the moves we've made. You know, they traded Pavel Zaka. So I think... I think this is an interesting game there, like a little first good litmus test for both.
0: Yeah, I think so too, especially because the Devils always seem to be that team that has supposedly taken a step forward on paper, but then it hasn't worked out the last couple of years. And so this will be like a test for them to see if what's on paper matches up with what they can actually do out on the ice.
1: Yeah, and that February trip, you know, that road trip with Seattle, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, like, if I had the uh, the financing, I would love to be at all of those games to see how Torts handles this kind of swing with a new team, especially, like, let's say they start a little slow out of the gate. I think um, he might tend to be a little more animated out there rather than at home. That's one thing I expect from Torts. I think he's going to be a little more buttoned down at home, but I think on the... Away, I think he's going to be a little testier.
0: Yeah, and I think for me, I'm much happier that their usual December road trip for the Disney on Ice time at the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, um, it's you know, it starts off with the Leafs and Canes on the road, which is yikes. Yeah, That's going to be tough for them. But their California part of that road trip is against the quote-unquote easier teams in California with the Sharks, Ducks, and Kings as the other teams on that road trip. So I do think the, the one you talked about in February with Seattle, Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton is harder. So I'm glad that first big West road trip is slightly easier.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, don't they still have like the winter wonderland thing too at, at uh, Wells Fargo?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's usually like Disney on ice for a couple of weeks. No, no, but they had this thing called Winter
1: Wonderland one year. I think they still do it. I think they do that for like over a week. I'm not sure, though. Who knows?
0: Well, one of the other things that I like about the schedule is basically the whole second half of March is at home. So that's a nice, comfortable home stretch late in the season, especially if you're banged up by then you get to be in a a better environment that you're more comfortable in and maybe some recovery time as part of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I could see that. Um, There's going to be a lot of, um, excuse the word fetching on the 14 back-to-backs. Like there's going to be a lot said about that because again, they're not going to play carter or heart back-to-back much at all this year, especially if they're not in it, if they're in it, maybe they will. So, then the goaltending is going to sort of be under a microscope when, you know, the the backup takes place and we don't know who the backup's going to be. Like, we just don't. So that'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, 14 isn't the worst that they've had. So I think a couple of years ago they had 17, which was absolutely horrific. But, but we do hear so the fans and media. Could be worse.
1: Yeah, sorry. Um. I've heard this. I don't know if you've heard it, but I've heard it from some some media and fans like, oh, it seems like the league hates the Flyers with all these back-to-backs they've scheduled. They, we've heard that.
0: Yeah, I just don't think this one is as bad as it yeah. has been. So yeah, people yeah. maybe shouldn't complain as much. I think the only one to really complain about is that in January, there's a back-to-back, two days later, a single game, and then t- two days later, another back-to-back. I think that's a little ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think... That's fair to say, but there's always a tough point in every season, right? So it's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, I, I do want to give a yeah. shout out to uh, to Micah McCurdy because we're kind of looking at his at his graph. And if nothing else, he always does a spectacular job with, with colors and just the way it, it kind of moves. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to me, but I like the way it looks.
0: Yeah, and so he does a chart uh, with how many games your team is playing Playing uh, a rested team while you're tired, like on the second half of a back to back and uh, also matches it up against you're playing the tired team while your team is rested. So the Flyers, it's actually pretty decent, Um, you know, pretty close. There's 13 games total in that situation, six of them. They're playing tired while the other team is rested and seven of them they're playing rested while playing a tired team. So one is in the better circumstance than the other.
1: What I what I wonder is with a lot of their players returning from injury and with sports science, will they sit some of these players back to back? Like that's what I, I kind of wonder uh, if that will happen. Will Faraby be able to play back to back at the beginning? Will Sean Couturier with his back be able to play back to back at the beginning? Like these are questions we'll find out answers to, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's a really good question. Uh, One of the other things that's interesting about the schedule to me this year is that uh, for the Metro Division Rival games, they play every team four times, except the Pens, they only play three times. And there's a huge gap uh, from November 25th to March 11th between Flyers-Pens games.
1: Yeah, is that just a scheduling anomaly? Is that happening in everybody's schedule? Like, there's just one team that kind of doesn't play them as much in that division? It's weird. I mean, Mm
0: -hmm. see, that's...
1: So what would you rather have? Would you rather have the schedule be completely balanced in division and have it be all equal and maybe you just don't go to one or two cities this year? Like, I think I would rather have that, but the NHL seems hell-bent. Like, you have to play against every team every, you know, every season.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting question. I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the NFL across conferences, you only play certain divisions. Yes. Every year
1: you play like season. a new division, like a certain amount of games, like four games. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Out West five
1: games. Whatever yeah. And
0: I think they're just committed to having every team play every other team. Um, but maybe they could cut it. So you only play them at home or on the road. Um, it, to some degree and increase the conference matchups and that might create some better rivalries.
1: Yeah. Like as an example, do there need to be two games against Seattle? Probably not.
0: I don't think so either, but I guess, you know, people want to see the, the jerseys, I guess, or be able to go to see their team, no matter where they live in, in one of those NHL cities.
1: Sure. But that's what road trips are for too.
0: We are going to wrap up coming up next with our nemesis of the week. So if you are newer to Locked on Flyers, every Monday we look at the week upcoming and we say who or what in Flyers land or in the world of hockey is our enemy for this upcoming week. And last week we talked about a couple of things. Uh, First off, we talked about, the Metro division rivalries and how those teams uh, seem to be taking a step forward or at least maintaining their level of quality where the Flyers really haven't. And so just makes us nervous. Russ, you talked about the pumpkin spice flavor creep that it's getting earlier and earlier every year. And I have to agree with you there. Uh, But uh, this week, I think, you know, with our topic talking about the timeline and rookie camp and and everything uh, with Tortorella as the new coach, I'm just starting to get a little worried about some of the kids getting boxed out of development opportunities in flavor of, quote unquote, physical, harder guys to play against.
1: No, I'm worried about that, too, because I think ideally with where we think the arc of this team is, we feel like more players should get a chance. And I think even Chuck Fletcher will tell us that. But in reality, what you're saying may actually happen when the rubber hits the road. Like, hey, if there's a um, little more veteran player who's bigger and tougher in the corners, are they going to take that player over a guy who has more offensive upside, but needs some work, needs a little extra work from the coaching staff? Like that's I do kind of wonder about that, too.
0: Yeah, I I, I think that. It's just been a a real big concern of mine. Again, I think that there could be especially, you know, somebody like I'm going to say Hayden Hodgson, just because he's our last guy to sign pick. But, you know, people that for whatever reason, make one mistake are just going to be on the outs. And I, I don't think that's really fair or appropriate given some of the skill that's actually there. So I hope that it turns out okay for them. Russ, you have a nemesis this week.
1: You know, um as I'm out on the road here, uh it's just people driving. Just have a little more courtesy. Some states are worse than <laughs> others. Uh we're driving and there's just people that just, you know, they don't care. They're just, they're getting on, they're Getting on the highway, they're not looking. They don't care if you're, there's a space or not. Whatever happened to space cushion driving? That's what I want to ask. We all grew up. That was part of like the driver's ed thing. There was space cushion driving. I don't see it. That's all.
0: My favorite uh, driver habit was from, and when I say favorite, my least favorite, <laughs> um, was when um, I lived in Utah, and they seemed to just not recognize that uh, signaling is a thing that you can
1: do. Oh, Pennsylvania Pennsylvania a, drivers don't like there's the There's a signal. switch for that. Yeah, they don't like it either.
0: Yeah. All right. That'll do it for this week's uh, Monday show. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're going to be back again on Wednesday. Uh, we are going to dive in to kind of what we know and what we don't know about the team overall going into uh, this upcoming season. So all of the things we talked about today, but then in terms of the personnel matching up with those decisions, we are going to get into that on Wednesday. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R. Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily NHL podcast. Have a great day, everyone.